last man standing Wait a minute, maybe I do If you don't mind, I'll start a new line Decide after thinking it through Go on in front if you're in such a hurry Like heaven ain't waiting for you I don't want to be the last man standing On second thought, maybe I do It's getting hard to watch my pals check out Cuts like a wore out night One thing I learn about running the road Is forever don't apply to life Waylon and Ray and Merle and old Noro Live just as fast as me I still got a lot of good friends left And I wonder who the next will be I don't want to be the last man standing But wait a minute, maybe I do If you don't mind, I'll start a new line And decide after thinking it through Go on in front if you're in such a hurry Like heaven ain't waiting for you I don't want to be the last man standing on second thought, maybe I do. Thank you for joining us today. Before we get started, please press the subscribe button. Give us a like and a share. Today's show is sponsored by Farmer Joe's Fresh Market, located at 1401 Southwest Pine Island Road in beautiful Cape Coral, Florida. Fresh local produce, baked goods made from scratch, mouth-watering Braveheart beef, which they have on sale this week in the Tomahawk Steaks, fresh seafood, a breakfast bar, ice cream, prepared hot foods. That's as close to home cooked as you'll find. Farmer Joe's, the greatest grocery store in all of Lee County. Well, multimedia political analyst, attorney, conservative commentator, a man who is informative, knowledgeable, and a pretty damn good guy all around, Mr. Ford O'Connell, is here to help us understand the inconceivable times we're living in, and I'm Smoking Joe, and we welcome you to Cracker Culture, the podcast for real Floridians. Ford, American people have to wake up to the reality that World War III may be imminent more than ever before. Under the direction of Joe Biden, it seems like we have no choice. Uh, his recent surprise to the Ukraine was not just a slap, but it was a huge slap to the face of Americans. What can you tell us about this? Well, I, I do agree with you. It was a slap to the face of Americans because by going to Ukraine before he ever visited East Palestine, Ohio, what he's saying is the rest of the world comes before American lives. And it's more important that Ukraine's borders are secure than America's are. But I think his visit to Ukraine is extremely telling in the context of a World War Three potential reality is the fact that he, he is going to go the distance in the Ukraine-Russia proxy war. And I think that that puts America and the world in danger. Well, even Donald Trump come out saying we're looking at World War III. Let me play a clip from Donald here. World War III has never been closer than it is right now. We need to clean house of all of the warmongers and America last globalists in the deep state, the Pentagon, the State Department, and the national security industrial complex. Look, you know, he's right. We need to clean house. We, we're, if we don't get some of these uh, people that make money off of war out of there, we're, we're done. 
That's exactly right. And, you know, this is not the first time this has happened in American history. Dwight D. Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, warned about this in the 1950s, and we sort of reordered the House. And once again, Donald Trump's absolutely right. There are a set of people in Washington, D.C. that are pressing for war all the time in the military-industrial complex, and we need to recognize that this puts America in a clear and present danger from inside our own government. That said, what is going on in the Ukraine-Russia proxy war? You're seeing dictators from around the world that don't particularly like each other have a unifying moment, whether it's Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, you name it. The people that are not friends with the United States and want to harm us are coming together over Ukraine. Well, I want to show you what it looked like when Biden went to Ukraine on President's Day. Show you what it looks like on President's Day when Biden went to Ukraine. We got some indication late yesterday that something was up. We were warned here in the hotel not to be outside at a certain part of the day, that there'd be snipers on the roof, cars were being towed. So then it became clear when Joe Biden arrived what was happening. This was a show to, to let Zelensky and the Ukrainians know that the Americans stand with them. And as Biden said, that they will be there for as long as it takes. But it was more than that. Zelensky likes to receive visitors, but he wants to hear what they're bringing with them. So Biden said $500 million of military aid, the Javelin missiles, howitzers, didn't quite say the F-16s and the long distance missiles that Zelensky was looking for. This was an important visit. It's not easy to get into Kyiv. It took a train ride some 10 hours long to get into the city and Biden, of course, left many hours ago. He's proud of what he did. It irritated, no doubt, Vladimir Putin. And it's just a, a deeply symbolic day that gave a bit of a boost to the people here. Look, that's just incredible to even see. Look, I, I, I totally agree with you. Here's the problem I have under Joe Biden. It's very simple. Where's the money going? What is the strategy? And what is the end goal in Ukraine? Because the way he's cavalierly putting himself at risk, putting America at risk. I wonder exactly where we're headed. And unfortunately, I think that Donald Trump's right. He's been so cavalier here that we are really on the precipice of World War III. And the last thing that anyone in America wants is war. We should be promoting peace around the world and cooperation. Unfortunately, I do think that Biden is bumbling and stumbling us into World War III. Well, and, and you know, this really not only did it not enrage most of the America, but it really caused Putin to come out. And I want to show you what Putin said, because this is uh... President Putin calling the Ukraine conflict a war, but blaming Kiev, the West and Washington. I would like to repeat, they started the war and we used the force in order to stop it. The Russian leader's equivalent of the State of the Union, 24 hours after President Biden's historic visit to Kyiv. President Putin accusing NATO and America of threatening Russia's existence. They want to turn a local conflict into a phase of uh, uh, global conflict. 
But it is the Russian president whose leadership is on the line. And this morning, China warning the war may spin out of control. Its top diplomat expected in Moscow. Alexei Maslov advises President Putin on China relations. Has President Putin deliberately cultivated this relationship with President Xi? Oh, yes, I think so. Because not only, not only uh, helps Russia, it uh, also helps Putin to feel itself much more stronger. But President Zelensky warning China that military support for Russia could spark World War III. Now, is Zelensky threatening China or is Zelensky trying to use us to threaten China? Well, I think that Zelensky's trying to use us to threaten China. Let me step back for a second. Putin is going to throw the kitchen sink at Ukraine. And what he made clear is when he basically suspended the START Treaty, that's the Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty, which deals with nuclear weapons. And what Vladimir Putin is saying is that I, there's no holds bar now. Unfortunately, bringing China into the equation is a real problem because I've long told you that China is the greatest enemy to America and the world in the 21st century. And do not threaten China until you are at a point where you can actually back up your words. And unfortunately, I do believe that Zelensky is making the mistake and pointing the finger at China. I will say this about China. China wants a long proxy war between Ukraine and Russia because they want the United States to drain munitions, drain money, and take their attention away from their global aims. China is what should worry us here, not Russia. Well, you know, and with some of the leaders of China going to Russia, it, 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 you got to take pause. They're not going over there just to have tea. I mean, they're going over there to discuss what they're going to do next. And I think that I'm more worried than I've ever been in my life. Like I said, we talk, we, me and you grew up in the Cold War era where, you know, we was always had worried about this coming, sweeping through bomb that never came. But this is real. This is in your face. This is as close I've ever think, uh, other than the guy almost accidentally mashing the button years ago. And, you know, this is close I've ever seen this. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. Let's understand that the Chinese Communist Party and, and Russia under Vladimir Putin are, how should we say, frenemies. And the closer they get together, the worse off the United States, our European allies, NATO, you name it, will be. Because the other thing that China does that most people don't, don't always understand is China appears to be willing to arm Russia, which is why I said that Russia is going to throw the, coal, the, the kitchen sink at Ukraine. And, I, and we need to find an immediate end to this conflict, because I'm going to tell you right now that no matter how long this war goes on or if it were to end tomorrow, the same thing is going to happen. And that is that the Russians are going to take Crimea and eastern Donbass. That is exactly what is going to happen. The only question is whether that happens in 2023 or 10 years from now. And if it happens 10 years from now, the unfortunate part is that China will own the rest of the world. Well, and I was going to ask you, how concerned should we be with this being close to the point of no return? I, I, I think that that is the key, because when I look at Germany and I look at Poland and I look at Italy, those who essentially are on the back door, if you will, or next to Ukraine, they don't want to offer fighter jets to the Ukrainians. And the reason why they don't want to offer those fighter jets is they're afraid that it will escalate it to the point of no return. And again, Russia is not as big a concern. I will say this out. I do not think that Vladimir Putin is a good guy. Do I think that Vladimir Putin 
pushed the buttons in Ukraine and wants portions of Ukraine? I absolutely do. But at the same time, when it comes to Ukraine, I don't know who I'm dealing with in any time. I've said this over and over. We are not spending focusing on the Chinese Communist Party as a day lost to U.S. foreign policy and frankly to the world, because that is who is going to take over the world, not Russia. Well, not. I was watching Putin's uh, address to the people and, you know, he really, if you listen to what he said, he's right. He said, and he, if you talk about the left, uh, the Biden administration, he said they want to accept people having sex with the same sex. They want to accept uh, this woke ideology. And he said he was dead spot on. We don't have that here in Russia. And they don't. I've been there. They don't have it. Well, I understand you. I, I agree with you. And what, what's crazy is, is that, look, dictators around the world understand that woke ideology is hurting America and weakening America from the inside. I mean, I call it the cancer inside of America. And we need to wake up and recognize that when we talk about diversity and everything else, that is not what makes America strong. What makes America strong is a unification of our national ideals, which is exactly what wokeism attacks. And again, I keep telling you that they're making us look like pansies. And Big clowns. Yeah. Big clowns. And look, and even North Korea is starting to rattle their sword. Now, let me show you what uh, the little rocket man just done. North Korean state TV showing a recent launch on Sunday. Tonight, Kim Jong-un's sister saying whether or not North Korea uses the Pacific Ocean as its shooting range depends on the United States. It's the latest in a barrage of threats from North Korea as Pyongyang continues to boast its nuclear weapon supply, displaying its largest arsenal of weapons, a dozen ICBMs, at a military parade earlier this month. Today, a state media broadcaster saying the surprise launch is proof of the country's nuclear power. As the temperature in the region rises, the joint military drills just getting underway. See, now look, and some of those missiles, I heard another report from a, a, a weapons analyst said that they had enough power to reach the United States. There is no question that North Korea is a threat, but let's also remember that North Korea doesn't act without China's okay. You have to remember that North Korea is essentially the bad cop in foreign policy for the Chinese. The, the uh, Kim Jong-un and his sister Kim Yo-jong are essentially puppets of the Chinese Communist Party. And what they're telling you is when they get belligerent is that the Chinese are willing to rattle the saber. You have to worry about right now, what is the number one issue in America's interest? And that is to make sure that China does not exert more control over the South China Sea and they don't invade Taiwan. And let me tell you what I'm truly concerned about when it comes to Ukraine. I'm concerned, as I told you, that the Russians are eventually going to take Eastern Donbass and Crimea. What I'm concerned about is when you have a prolonged war, who's going to build you, rebuild Ukraine on the eastern side? No one. The Chinese are going to come in and they are going to take over Ukraine through their Belt and Road strategy. You and I have talked about this all the time, whether it's Africa, the Caribbean, Latin America. Where are the Chinese coming in? They build hospitals and roads and give people loans. They can't pay those loans back. Then they take them over. This is what the Chinese do. And we have to wake up to the truth right of China. And, you know, you got to look what he's doing, that Biden's doing, 
going over to Ukraine. And I said before, it, it really was an insult to everybody across the board. And especially like you talked about earlier, the people in East Palestine, Ohio. I watched a guy come on the other day and he said it was President's Day. He's over there putting a reef out in Ukraine instead of being here. He's taking money to Ukraine. And he said, that shows you what kind of man he is. That was the biggest slap in the face. That tells you right now he doesn't care about us. So Agreed. Uh, he can send every agency he wants to. But uh, I found that out this morning in one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there and not to us. And I'm furious. On so, President's Day in yeah, our country. Yeah, President's Day in our country. He's, he's uh, over in Ukraine. So that tells you. And he's right. I think, I, to your point, Joe, I think that that sums up the entire Biden presidency so far. And it's a very simple phrase. Does America come first with Joe Biden? And the answer is no. It doesn't come first with Joe Biden, whether it's East Palestine, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's the border, whether it's fentanyl, something we often talk about. America does not come first for Joe Biden and the current Democratic Party. The rest of the world does. And unfortunately, that is a slap in the face to America. And it tells you that he's not upholding the oath of office he took. And, you know, here, this whole woke ideology, everything that Biden is, is pushing uh, on the uh, United States, it's almost like a cult. He's, he's almost like a, a David Koresh or a Charles Manson. Everybody's bought into this. And, you know, you're not going to change them until you find somebody can deprogram the whole left side of the parties. Yeah, the Democratic Party, the National Democratic Party has two religions. The first is wokeism, as we always talk about the bastardization of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the second one, which is killing us almost as much in terms of our economy and our ability to work and provide for our family, is the war on energy. These are the two things. You want to destroy America in two years, continue to push wokeism and the fake climate science. You do that, and America won't cease to exist, and it really won't matter what the Russians and the Chinese do. Well, and okay, you talk, we got a lot of parents that are expressing concerns about the elimination of these honor classes. Well, that's another woke agenda because the administrators is blaming on racial equity initiative. They ain't got enough or people of color that could uh, get into the honors class. And, that, and that's exactly right. Look, let's understand that honors classes are a key way for people who come from bad zip codes and poor neighborhoods to be able to excel in society. They're also important to America's innovation. And here's the problem. This is the whole point of wokeism. How does wokeism weaken America? They basically say, lower the standards for everyone. And when you lower the standards for everyone because you find something unfair in how someone can compete, that is another way that you destroy America. You're exactly right. Lowering the standards is never the solution. This is another war on merit. And when you declare a war on merit, you're going to hurt working class Americans regardless of their skin color. Well, I, I just think that People need to look at this from a different perspective. It's not as black and white as everybody thinks. Is There's so many players in this that are making profit off of this wokeism and the, the wars. The people that are suffering is the ones that's not in the clique. Well, that, that's exactly right. Who suffers here? That is the working class, regardless 
of skin color. That's why honors programs are so important because it gives someone a way out. I've always said that the primary road out of poverty runs by the schoolhouse, and now you're going to dumb down the schoolhouse so everyone suffers equally. That is not American. And this is another problem. When we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, the, the liberal nonsense, you have a set of grifters, consultants, if you will, who go around the, the country preaching this garbage and get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. I mean, you've got Hannah Jones, the head of the 1619 Project, who I believe last month went to Indiana University and in the span of something like 36 hours got paid $200,000. You want to talk about the grift, forget robbing the banks because that's where the money's at. You need to get in on the DEI grift because that's exactly how the very people propagating this nonsense are making money and they're making money on your livelihood. Uh, crazy but now look we talk about traveling around the country doing things let me show you this little clip here oh let's be clear ron DeSantis has his eye on the oval office he has a plan a timeline his campaign is taking shape if his performance in new york is anything to go by he's off to a very good start he came to the city and focused on crime education and immigration key issues all across the country gee i wish he'd gone to california they could learn a thing or two from Florida. But he started his pro-police tour in New York City. That's perfect. He came to the belly of the beast and told them what they were doing wrong. Then he went to Chicago. He knows exactly where to go with his message on crime and education. As we reported yesterday, in 55 Chicago public schools, not a single student met grade-level expectations in reading or math. Not one. DeSantis has not yet declared his candidacy, but he's way out front of the pack. He's got something solid to run on, that is, Florida's success. The promise here is that he would run the country the way he runs Florida. Hey, man, he's the man. There's no question that America's governor strikes again. And this is, I'm glad I tip my hat to Ron DeSantis for going to New York City, particularly Staten Island, Chicago, Philadelphia, talking about crime. Look, crime among Republican primary voters is the number two issue. It's also the number two issue among independent leaners. And right now, Florida is at a 50-year low in crime, and that's largely because of the efforts of law enforcement and Ron DeSantis. He's running for president. He has found a way to make news without actually officially throwing his hat in. And he's absolutely right. The pathway forward for Florida is the Florida blueprint of success. That said, why did he go on this tour right now versus another time? And, and the answer is very simple. There are whispers up and down the street that Ron DeSantis has lost a little bit of momentum in the Republican primary. And I know that he's trying to hold out to an officially announced until May, but this was a good way to remind voters outside of Florida what he stands for on an issue that resonates across the political spectrum. And, you know, he had a great like he got to staten island i mean they loved him they welcomed him with open arms man well you know you know why that is i i had to explain this in a in, a, in another interview about they said well why is staten island i said off the top of my head i believe per capita Staten Island is the area of New York where most people have fled to Florida. And as soon as I said that, the light bulb went off in the reporter's head. But that is exactly the point. Remember, 
Florida is leading the nation in, in, in intake of migration. And why? Because people know between COVID and what Ron DeSantis has done, they know that Florida is the envy of the nation. And this is what cracks me up. You hear Democrats in the mainstream media call our state, Joe, nothing but a cesspool of alligators and crystal meth. Well, if that's the case, how come AOC, Eric Swalwell, you, Nancy Pelosi, you name it, they like the bash on the Sunshine State. But we know at 5 o'clock on Friday where they're having that Mai Tai and something tells me somewhere down around South Beach. Yeah, they like to flock down here and talk trash when they leave. They don't say nothing when they're here, though. I mean, I, even Don Lemon gets thrown off CNN. And where does he wind up? Shirtless on South Beach. What a shock. I got to be asking. That is the whole hypocrisy here. And what's crazy is you and I know this. Now imagine, okay, that the average voter knew it. Then there would be there'd be a wipeout with DeSantis or Trump for president if they truly understood what was going on, the renaissance that is taking place in our state of Florida. Well, Ford, I can't end this show without asking you one question. What the hell is going on with Fetterman? You know, I get this a lot. This is a case that, look, we were lied to. The guy should have pulled himself out of the primary way back when he had it. Connor Lamb probably should have been in there other than Fetterman. But the bottom line is, this is what it tells you. that The media covered for Fetterman, and they don't care. And you know, on top of it, you have a power-hungry National Democratic Party. It was what I've heard, a power-hungry wife of, of Fetterman that essentially – they wanted him to win, and they were going to lie, cover up, and hurt America to do it. And now you've got somebody who's just not up to the task, and hopefully he doesn't die. I'll be totally honest. I don't want to see anyone hurt in this process. But the scam that the Democrats and the media pulled on America when it came to Fetterman's health, honestly, there are no words for it. Well, Ford, we're getting ready to go to our local show, folks. Please tune in. We are going to have Dr. Joe Sansone talking to us about ban the jab. And it's going to be very incredible for people to understand what Dr. Sansone has accomplished. And he did accomplish something last night. And uh, we're going to talk to him about that. Also, have we found another violation of the Sunshine Laws on Lee County School Board? We got a little video. You decide. Thanks for joining us. Love, peace, and gadget grease. We'll see you next time.